What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Oh, wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better. Man, get them the heck up. What a weekend. What a Monday it's going to be. It's the first day of spring, and we have a lot to do. The weekend jam-packed. Longhorn men on their way to the Sweet 16 for the first time in 15 years. The women can get there tonight at the Moody Center. We will uh, look back and preview that game. Uh, part of a very, very busy, busy weekend. Uh, it is a busy day in the ATX throughout Central Texas as South by Southwest wraps up. Spring break is over, but yes, today is the first day of spring. Also looking forward to the week that will include the Sweet 16 on the men's and women's side. Also, the best 64 players in the world in the game of sport of golf will be descending on Austin for the Dell Technologies match play. NASCAR coming to Circuit of the Americas this weekend, and uh, the rodeo continues out of the Expo Center. Safe to say, a lot to do, a lot to co- converse and discuss with you on this busy Monday morning, first day of spring, 20 and 23, and we appreciate you being there. However you find us, hope you can ride with us all morning long, all day long, live, local, and digital here on the Horn. You find us on 104.9 on the FM dial, 101.9 FM as well, also at AM 1260, and of course, hopefully streaming uh, on that Horn app, wherever you go. Hope you had a great spring break. If you uh, took some time away, uh, took that app with you, listened on your smartphone while you were gone, uh, now you're back and ready to crank it up with us right here. Also, always streaming on our uh, Horn app on the smart speaker when you get to work today, home or business. And of course, always streaming live and local on our website, our Twitch channel at hornfm.com. Mr. Godbolt. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Hood, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much for what you do. It is appreciated. Thank you very, very much. As uh, We're going to have a just a little chill in the air for today, but as time goes on over the next 24 to 48 hours, we will be in the 80s again. Yeah, it's coming back. And, uh, you know, for spring break and for uh, South By and outdoor activities this weekend, it was cold. Uh, it was cold. Dishwalk Field was a cold It wasn't cool. Weekend. It was cold. Yeah, it's the coldest spring equinox in 40 years for Austin, I, I read. Spring yeah, I bet equinox. you that spring break down there, but that water was kind of cool, too, from what I hear. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the weather, Mother Nature not always kind, but uh, yeah, the the coldest spring equinox as we flip from winter to the spring. You can start your planning um, this weekend. Four decades, put your plants in, and yep. Longhorn football team will go back to practice this week as well as their spring break is over. It's safe to say we have a lot to do. Obviously, we'll talk plenty of Texas basketball, that thrilling win over Penn State for the Longhorn men on Saturday night. Uh, what a performance by Dylan DeSue. What a performance for the Longhorns. Texas women have their chance to be, uh, be Sweet 16 bound tonight at Moody Center, so we'll preview that. It was a jam-packed weekend, uh, to say the least. That's what we'll try to jam into four hours here on B&E. How was your weekend, my friend? It was fantastic. Now, I do know that Ty, our producer, was here. I got a text from him late Friday night that, uh, was it Friday or Saturday, T.Y.? My days are kind of cramming together. 
Uh, Ty, I believe you put a, a money line bet, which means no spread, just picking the winner on Fairleigh Dickinson over Purdue. Yes, I didn't I didn't put my usual unit on it. I just threw a flyer out there, but I had a feeling, you know, I had Purdue losing in the second round and uh I don't know. I just it was a weird feeling. You bet a little at, win a lot. Yeah, I was at Matt's El Rancho. It was more of just the fact that I a couple I, of the margaritas somehow, in. Yeah. A couple of margaritas in, yeah. I had a feeling, maybe it was the tequila, I don't know, but you put a little little skin on Fairleigh Dickinson out of New Jersey to take down Purdue and become the second team ever to uh, a 16 seed to beat a one seed, and it came home for you and paid handsomely. Yes, it did. You started you paid week- for the margaritas. <laughs> paid for the margaritas. Oh, man, what a choke job by Purdue that was for Matt Painter and his team to lose to that group. Uh, that is that is not good. It's not their first least. time of gagging their way. Well, there's only two two one seeds left. Uh, Houston is in, and of course Alabama is on. Your brackets are probably a mess. Texas, one of the two two seeds that have advanced uh, in the uh, the bracket, along with uh, UCLA. You know the Midwest bracket, which the Longhorns are in, pretty much uh, has gone chalk as far as the top seeds go. Uh, the one seed, the two seed, the three seed, and the five seed will make their way to Kansas City. It's similar in the West. Uh, but the East and the uh, the South are a mess. And the East and the South are a mess with your bracket. So we will have fun with that today. Let's start with the headlines, though. Trending topics. Safe to say there's a lot to catch up on as you get up and out on this first day of spring. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. It will be brought to you by UBO Business Services. That's right. Uh, start with those Longhorns. And yeah, on a cold shooting night. Remember, they shot the lights out. Uh, in their first-round matchup back on Thursday, the Longhorns did, but uh, didn't shoot so well on Saturday night. The Longhorns leaned on their defense, and their big man Dylan DeSue to survive their second-round matchup with 10th-seeded Penn State in advance to the Sweet 16 for the first time in 15 years. On a night that saw Texas make just one of their 13 three-point shots, it was the former Hendrickson Hawk who stepped up in a big way, delivered his best game of his Texas career. DeSue poured in a game-high 28 points, 14 of 20 from the floor to propel the Longhorns to a 71-66 win. Texas also came up big on defense, held Penn State, one of the top three-point shooting teams in the country, to 8 of 28 from three on their night. Also 12 points below their season scoring average. Longhorns are sweet 16 bound for the first time since the 07-08 season. Texas head coach Rodney Terry was an assistant on that coach under Rick Barnes. 15 years later, he's taking the Horns to the second weekend as the man in charge. It's a really good Penn State team, man. I'm telling you, this group here, I mean, I could group here, I didn't sleep one night because these guys can really shoot the basketball and they were the best passing team I've seen all year. And and Pickett, he's a pro. He's a good player. We did a great job on him by committee. And, uh, man, I'm so proud of these guys right now. We're back in the Sweet 16, Craig. Yeah, they are. There he was on Saturday night. Texas will head to back to Kansas City on the same floor they won the Big 12 championship a week ago. They'll face third-seeded Xavier. 8.45 Friday night. It's the fourth and final game of Sweet 16, the two days of it. It'll be the late game there in the Midwest region. Houston, the number one seed in that region, will face fifth seed of Miami in the other regional semi in the early game. Uh, winners will, of course, meet in the Elite Eight on Sunday. Kansas State, by the way, the only other Big 12 team to advance to the second weekend in the Sweet 16. Third seed of Wildcats took down Kentucky yesterday in a good one. Top seed of Kansas, along with Baylor. TCU, Iowa State, and West Virginia all eliminated out of the Big 12. Uh, TCU had a nail-biter with Gonzaga last night, but they fell short. Texas Longhorn women's basketball team overwhelmed 13-seeded East Carolina, 79-40 to in the first round of the women's tournament Saturday night at Moody Center. Fourth-seeded Texas now hosting fifth-seed Louisville tonight, 6 o'clock at, Mood, at the Mood. Uh, they're also looking to advance to the Sweet 16. That game tips at 6 tonight. You can hear it over on 105.3 The Bat. Texas baseball team finished off a three-game sweep of New Orleans over the weekend. They did it yesterday. They extended their win streak to 10 games with a 9-3 win at the dish. 
Uh, David Pierce's team now 14-7. and seven. Their 10 straight wins have all come during this 14-game homestand on which they've outscored their opponents 92-30. to 30. Home cooking extends into tomorrow night when they host Incarnate Word and then open Big 12 play this weekend hosting Texas Tech. Texas softball team went 4-1 and one at a tournament in Florida over the weekend. Also busy weekend in the NFL. Two teams in the great state agreed to a trade yesterday. Houston Texans sending wide receiver Brandon Cooks to the Dallas Cowboys for a 2023 fifth-round draft pick, pick number 161, also a 2024 sixth-round selection. Houston's going to pay $6 million of Cook's $18 million salary this year. Dallas will pay the remaining 12. It's the second trade for a quality veteran the Cowboys have pulled off. Of course, they acquired the cornerback Stephon Gilmore from Indy last week as well. Texans also announced yesterday that they have agreed to a new contract with their left tackle, Laramie Tunsil. It's going to make him the highest-paid tackle in the league. Also yesterday, the Lions agreed to turns with Eagle safety T.J. Gardner-Johnson. Carolina inked wide receiver Adam Thielen. In soccer, rough night for Austin FC Saturday night in Houston. The Oaks lost to the Dynamo 2-0. They fall to 2-2 on the young season. Uh, baseball Team USA is going to have a chance to defend its title as world champions. That's after USA clinched a spot in the World Baseball Classic Championship game last night in Miami. A decisive 14-2 semifinal win over Cuba. USA will now await the winner of today's semifinal between Japan and Mexico. Uh, tough break for the Houston Astros and Jose Altuve, their second baseman. Altuve suffered a fractured right thumb when he was hit by a pitch in that WBC game between Venezuela and the U.S. on Saturday night. Astros say they'll reevaluate the All-Star, but he's expected to miss a month maybe longer. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Or that is a tough blow for the uh, for, for the Astros without Tuve and his thumb because you just don't know. I mean, that was that bat. Was it, what, a that 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 bat, what a game that was, too. I mean, Saturday was just awesome watching the, the games all day in March Madness and then uh, Trey Turner's big grand slam in the eighth inning to put the USA past Venezuela. But, yeah, for an Astros fan, that was tough to see Altuve go down. It's the second significant injury of the WBC. Uh, of course, Edwin Diaz, the great closer mm-hmm. of the Mets, out for the year with that patella tendon rupture that he suffered. I mean, But, you know, the players love it. The players want to play in this event. They want to play for their country. Um, you know, they want to be be able to say they're the best team in the world, best country in the world for baseball. Yeah, when you're defending champs, too. Yeah, the USA will have a chance. So that's been a lot of fun. The tournament's been a lot of fun with the upsets and uh, the Longhorns into the Sweet 16. Also should mention, Jordan Spieth had a look at the PGA event at Tampa yesterday. Bogey on 16, went in the water, and then he missed about a 5-foot birdie putt on 17 that would have got him back into the lead. Uh, Taylor Moore, a young, young guy, got a victory there. On the PGA yeah, I would say tour. he comes into this week hot. Yeah, He's playing well. It was, it was, it was, there were three guys tied at ten under, and all of a sudden Jordan hits it in the water, and somehow made bogey after going in the water. But uh, and should have made or looked like he was going to make birdie on seventeen. Tough finish on the PGA Tour. Uh, but yeah, the the top sixty four players in the world in Austin beginning Wednesday. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, the defending champion and the world number one, will tee off on Wednesday in uh, pool play. So a lot to do uh, this week, a lot to look back to. And I uh, mentioned NASCAR is coming as well. Joey Logano won the race in Atlanta. Uh, Sergio Perez won the F1 race. It was a great sports weekend, to say the least. Is that one the of start of the F1 season? No, it's uh, race, two. race two. Race two, yeah. And Checo, okay. uh, the Mexican driver, got the win. Uh, over the weekend. So, yeah, there's a lot, man. A lot on the plate. And the Longhorns would be the lead story, obviously, with Rodney Terry and the Horns uh, pulling out a big victory. And I know there's been a lot of conversation. You mentioned it on Friday. Why not just make him the head coach and make it official? I mean, I think... Uh, I well, think it doesn't matter now. Just it, just go ahead and keep playing. Well, you keep playing, but it's going to be hard to not make him the head coach whenever it's over now. I mean, uh, it'll be a hard 
argument to make that he's not the right guy for this job right now. He's done an incredible job. I thought what they did on Saturday night in a, you know, you have a cold shooting night. You, you remember on uh, on in their in their first round win, um, you know, Serge Barry Rice couldn't miss. I mean, he made all of his three pointers. Marcus Carr made. Remember, they had thirteen for twenty three from three ball land on that same floor uh, in Des Moines. And then you come out the, and they were getting good looks again. They just weren't making good making the shots yeah, this time it, it around. Like Rice was looking and thinking too much, but Marcus Carr was still playing, still hitting shots. It wasn't in all three-point shots with them. He was getting in the paint. Yeah, they were. Well, look, well. I mean, we talked about it going into it. We were able to preview the Penn State game on Friday. They're not a great defensive team. Texas was going to be able to get good looks. Yes. The question, as you heard from Rodney Terry in the headlines, is could they stop Jalen Pickett and this Penn State team that had been playing really good basketball in the last month and a half? And uh, Jalen Pickett is one of those. We, we, we told you what happened. He's going to post up your bigs or your guards. He's going to take you down into the lane. And, and then he's going to miss some some bunnies underneath there. Yeah, but they spent an awful lot of time with him dribbling the ball instead. They, that's they their couple, offense. Yeah, I know, but they had a couple other guys that could have handled the ball. And I thought number eleven and number two just didn't see it enough. I thought they spent so much time trying to get him posted. And then you know, the NBA guys when they get you down in there, they're going to make those shots. He missed a, a couple bunnies that just slid off the side of the rim. But te- and Texas out rebounded them. And play really, really well. When they when he missed his shots, the Horns were there to get the ball. Well, we just told you this whole stretch here, when they hold teams below 72 points, they've won every game this year. And that was going to be the number. Because this is a Penn State team that can score it. And they had an 8 for eight, eight for 28 night from three. And I thought that helped Texas. They defended the, the three ball very well. Um, you know, the kid Funk, who was so hot against the Aggies, kind of like Serge Jabari Rice, wasn't as hot this time around and missed some open looks. Uh, but in the end, it was Dylan DeSue over and over again. And this is where I'll give Rodney Terry a lot of credit. When the three balls weren't going, they, they just continued to get the ball to the guy no one could stop. I mean, uh, Dylan DeSue, they had no answer for him in the post. They have weak interior defense, and Texas continued to attack that. They didn't panic, and there was a stretch. Uh, and this is this will be the uh, kind of the litmus test for Rodney Terry. How about when, when Texas is up seven points late in the game, Penn State goes on a 10-0 run, and so all of a sudden your seven-point lead is a three-point deficit, and you're down three points. Rodney Terry called a timeout, called every, calmed everything down, and the rest of the way they delivered down to DeSue over and over again. Yeah, uh, I think Coach Terry does a great job when he feels that need to call those timeouts. Well, that was a I great mean, moment did, right yeah. there. I mean, that was the moment because, I mean, you had, it felt like Texas was in control of the game the whole time for 35 minutes, and then Penn State – Went on a run. I mean, they went 10-0. And it wasn't like the Longhorns. Longhorns this year have gone into some, some scoring droughts. But in that moment, Texas missed some bunnies. Timmy Allen missed a short one. Serge Jabari Rice looked indecisive on a on a cut to the basket. And, you know, Penn State was hitting on the other end. So all of a sudden, it's a, it's a 10-0 run for Penn State. And uh, I thought at that point, man, it was, uh, it, was, it was a clinic for the Longhorns. Penn State took a three-point lead after that 10-0 run at the 448 mark of the ballgame. And... Texas didn't miss a shot the rest of the game, if you're looking at the, uh, the the box score. They made their next six shots. They scored on their next seven possessions, and a lot of that was Dylan DeSue down low, knocking down buckets. And uh, I give Rodney Terry a lot of credit. He called timeout, calmed things down, and they won the last five minutes yeah, decisively. Yeah, Dylan DeSue had a really nice fadeaway from the side, from the, from the, uh, not from the corner, but on the side of the baskets where he fell away and had a nice shot. He was, he was just on cue. I mean, he did everything. He played defense. He rebounded. Yep, he that was, was a fantastic game. That, they were all scrappy. They were guys all over the place. And Texas won the battle of uh, attrition underneath the boards for sure. I mean, they got all the loose balls. They they dove all over the place to get loose balls. I mean, this is a this is a team that once again relies on its defense 
in in big times, and they that was a that was a defensive struggle right there. They they just got after him defensively. They did, and uh, sixty six points, which is. Uh, you know, they average about 74 points a game, uh, or 75 points a game, Penn State. So hold them way below their average. 71-66 final. DeSue with 28 on tw- 14 of 20 shooting, as we mentioned, uh, and made their final seven baskets after that timeout. Wow. How many times, you know, whoever the coach has been, have we seen the Longhorns lose that last five minutes in a clutch moment and not finish a game? Well, they, they used to not finish at the free throw line, too, and they just oh man, they were just good all over. When the clutch shots were 8 for 10? Yeah, they were clutch. Eight for ten. Serge Jabari Rice hit a couple. Uh, Marcus Carr hit a couple when you had to. And that's what we have said going into this tournament and really down the stretch. There's a lot of elements of this team you like. I mean, yeah, I think Marcus did a fantastic job on uh, Saturday. I thought he was at his best. Yeah, Marcus Carr finished with ten points and yeah. um, only one turnover in 39 minutes. Kind of ran the show. And look, the the, the job they did defensively on Jalen Pickett. I mean, you may not like their offense, but that's what they do at Penn State. Uh, they they take that dude's big butt. And he boxes you up and comes into the lane, and he's gonna—he's kind of like a point guard who doesn't—that's how he attacks. And then he kicks out when you have to double, and uh, kicks out to shooters. It's what they did to the Aggies over and over again on Friday night or Thursday night. And I thought Timmy Allen did a really good job defensively on him, put a bigger body on the guard. Uh, as you just heard Rodney say, it was kind of by committee. Uh, he took his turns. Marcus Carr took some turns. Jabari Rice was on him. Tyrese Hunter. Uh, everybody took their turn. And I thought in the end, you know, Penn State was going to make some, but they, they missed 20. They missed 23-point attempts. And, and as you said, Pickett missed some, some short ones. And I thought the Texas defense affected him in those moments. But you're right. I, that uh, wasn't their best offensive night, but this one was one with grit. Oh, yeah, lots of grit in that game. And I thought good coaching, just saying, you know what, run with a hot hand. Don't mess around with this thing. Just keep feeding Dylan and Sue. They're not going to stop him. He's feeling it, and uh, he carried Texas to the victory uh, for sure. Uh, And then, of course, when the Longhorns win, and for the first time in 15 years, uh, they were into the Sweet 16. Uh, social media lit up. Kevin Durant had a tweet that said, see y'all in the Sweet 16. Game ball goes to Dylan DeSue. Looked like a young LaMarcus Aldridge out there. He did with that little turnaround jumper. Yeah, he did. That backup little jumper he had. LaMarcus Aldridge then had a tweet on Twitter that said, big time win, fellas. Dylan DeSue, way to carry us. Royal Ivy had a nice tweet. TJ Ford uh, was all over it. And so the Longhorn fan base is fired up. And uh, Rodney Terry uh, taking the Longhorns to the Sweet 16 in, you know, friendly friendly environment. They just won the Big 12 tournament Yep, on that same floor in that same arena in Kansas City. So they just cut those nets down, and they'll be there along with uh, Xavier, which we'll get to know a lot this week ahead of the Friday night game, Houston, and the Miami Hurricanes. Miami Hurricanes beat Indiana last night. That'll be a pretty good night. game right there. It will. It will. The Cougars, the Longhorns, the Hurricanes, and the Musketeers. Can we hear an qu- interesting quote? Because I know the big debate now is not debate. The, the conversation will center around – you know, is Rodney Terry the, the the head coach of this team? Is this enough for him to earn the position full time and long term? Here was uh, Vic Schaefer. Thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, Vic Schaefer, the Texas women's coach, after they just throttled East Carolina late on on Saturday night. With some great big woman play down underneath. Oh, they they held uh, East Carolina to forty points and, and they out rebounded. They killed them on the boards. There were three quarters where they didn't score double digits. Three of the four quarters. I mean, just overwhelming defense. They're going to play Louisville tonight. But he had an interesting thought. He was asked about, because, of course, by the time the Longhorn women won, the men had won, and it was known that they were moving on to the Sweet 16 as well. And here was uh, was uh, Vic Schaefer with some insights, coach-to-coach, behind the scenes with the job that Rodney Terry has done here in 2023. I'm really happy for Rodney and his staff and, and that team. Boy, they're playing at a high level. Um, you know, those guys, uh, they're, they're really – and they're nice kids, too. I'm going to tell you, all those guys, y'all, when you pass them in the hallway, 
they always say hi coach uh, how you doing um, they're 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 approachable um, they're just good kids and they're I mean I'm so happy for him his staff I know how hard they're working and uh, you know let me tell y'all what he's been able to do and holding that group together and seeing those guys playing as hard as they're playing for that group for that, that staff and him I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like that. I've been around a long time, seen a lot of things happen. I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like that. And uh, it, it's really there to be commended. And uh, they're coached. Those kids ain't just out there playing, y'all. They're, they're, being, they're being coached. They're doing stuff that you do within a system and a way of life. And um, I'm, really, I'm really happy for those guys. So, yeah, you know, um, it, it's just it's kind of what you sign up for here at Texas. So, all right, there you go, Rodney Terry and uh, Vic Schaefer. Texas women can also get to the Sweet Sixteen, which would be quite a quite an accomplishment for both programs to be there. And uh, the Longhorn men already there. Women can get there tonight, six o'clock against Louisville. Louisville. What else did you uh, take away from the uh, the madness of the weekend, Buck? The uh, the bracket, the games, the Sweet Sorry, 16. Sorry, Shaka. Sorry, Shaka. Yeah, that was uh, – I don't want to say that was typical of a Shaka Smart team, but I that was kind of like PTSD. They Michigan State beat them yesterday as a 7-2 matchup. I know Marquette was one of your Final Four teams. Yep. Um, they Michigan State jumped out 10-0, or like with a 10-point lead early. Well, if you flipped it on a little late, Michigan State was already up double digits. Mark, yeah, that Mark, happened in a hurry. Marquette clawed back and actually had a lead. But then Tom Izzo's team dominated the last five minutes. They like they like finished the game on a fifteen three spurt, like a typical Michigan State. Yeah, late in the, late well, in the year. I mean, if you say it going into there. it, um, you know Marquette was favored, but you want Shaka Smart in the tournament game, or you want tournament Tom Izzo? I'll take Tom Izzo, and uh, obviously that's the way that played out. Marquette is done. Obviously Purdue and uh, and Kansas feel bad for the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, they they went without Bill Self. Bill Self didn't coach in the weekend. Uh, he is obviously one of the best basketball coaches out there, but how much did that affect them, we'll never know. Um, you know, they lose in a heartbreaker to Arkansas. Give Arkansas credit with Eric Musselman. They're back into the uh, the Sweet 16. And, uh, you know, in a one-point game, if you were watching that last five minutes, there was a there was a point of the game where Dewan Harris, the point guard for Kansas, got a 10-second call, 8-second call. He didn't get the ball across midcourt. He wasn't even being pressured. He was just kind of lollygagging up the floor, and they get a 10-second call, or 8-second call now, and it was it was it was obvious he just didn't hustle up across the line lost it lost his way a little bit that was that became a crucial point of the game because you gave Arkansas a second possession and it ends up a one point ball game uh, those are the kind of things that uh, can't happen in the biggest of moments in a big game like that so Kansas is out Purdue is out also the two line includes uh, um, the who, who, who Kentucky's gone are they not Kentucky well, yeah, Kentucky Arizona's the, gone Arizona got upset in, in mm-hmm. day one by. Uh, Princeton. Uh, what did you think about Musselman? After taking his shirt off? Yeah. You know what? Uh, you know, not my, I'm not a, the biggest fan of that, but at the same time, he did that when he was at Nevada. So it's kind of become kind of his. That's think that's one of his things. That's what he does. Yeah, he gets overexcited. He gets overheated. He, it's like he won the national championship. Yeah, he you know, he's calling the hogs, and he decided to take his take his shirt off to do it. But that's what back to back years to the Sweet Sixteen for Musselman, uh, who by the way has been a name that you've heard surrounding the Texas job. Uh, and, you know, all all the names. John Calipari's team is out. They got beat yesterday by K-State in a really good game. I am surprised that only two Big 12 teams made it. I thought more would. 
I thought more of these Big 12 schools would be in the Sweet 16. Only Texas and K-State have survived and advanced. TCU gave a hell of an effort last night. They almost had Gonzaga, but just too much Drew Timmy. I mean, Drew Timmy showed why he's maybe the best player in this tournament, scored 28 points and uh, hit some big threes last night, which we're not used to Drew Timmy hitting outside shots. He did. TCU had a look at it and couldn't finish. Baylor, this is, we talked about Baylor going into the tournament. Their defense is going to get them beat. Uh, there were triple digits, 100, 100, 100 plus in uh, um, you know, the defensive percentage. And Creighton, Creighton just too much, uh, just too much. And think about this year for Texas. You know, they're into the Sweet 16. Remember, they beat Creighton and Gonzaga. Back in the non-conference, they yep. beat both of those teams this year. They own wins over Gonzaga and Creighton, who are here. Uh, that was before the whole Chris Beard mess in, in December. But um, this team has accomplished a lot, and they still have a lot they can't accomplish. Because, uh, as we say, if Dylan DeSue keeps playing like that, look out. Because uh, we know their guards are veteran. We know they make free throws. They can shoot it. Uh, Rodney Terry's doing a great job of pushing the right buttons. And uh, what they didn't have most of the year was an interior presence that you could rely upon because we know Timmy Allen, when he gets up against the bigs, sometimes struggles, and he was the the interior offensive weapon. Well, that's become Dylan DeSue. And no um, doubt. if he's going to play like that, ceiling high for Texas, obviously. Well, yeah. If you this can doesn't get, have to end here. If you can get, I mean, if you can get Timmy Allen to play the defense that he played also, that's that's a big – when you get that mid-level and you're guarding that six foot four guy, six foot five guy, he can get in there and battle with that. I mean, because his quickness – Keeps him right there. I thought he did a great job, and yeah, and he did. Un- he was rebounding like maniac again too. That's back-to-back games for him getting after those boards. He knows he has to do all these little things right now. He doesn't have to be the scorer. Well, a lot of these guys, team. when we talk about a veteran team, 22, 23 years old, they know they know the hot hand for sure. Well, they do, and they know if they lose, it's over. I mean, their college career for a lot of them is is done, and uh, so. You know, check your ego at the door and let's go ahead and get the if Dylan DeSue's making all the shots, keep giving it to Dylan mm-hmm. DeSue. If I'm it's not my night, you know, on, on Thursday night it was Sir Jabari Rice. Just yeah, keep, I didn't notice him force, forcing a lot of things. No. I I noticed them just getting the guy whoever was hot, yep, they were gonna get the ball to. Well, coach team, experienced team that is on and will live to play another day. And as we said in the headlines, it'll be the final game of the Sweet Sixteen on Friday night. So be ready. Eight forty five, Friday night tip time in Kansas City. The Longhorns and the Musketeers of Xavier will start to preview those games, obviously, and take your thoughts on your bracket, on the Longhorns, on Rodney Terry and this team, and the rest of the weekend. Good, bad, and ugly. We're getting cranked up. First day of spring here on b It's Bucky and Aaron. Welcome to spring. That's right. Spring break is over. We sprung forward last weekend. Well, now it's officially spring. Winter is over, and uh, hopefully starts to feel like what you say. It's be eighty degrees this week. That's oh, a good yeah. thing after the cold weekend we just had. By Wednesday, it's going to be in the eighties. Coldest spring equinox in four decades, they say. But uh, Longhorns on their way to the Sweet Sixteen. And what a gritty performance! As we said, they controlled the game for the most of the. Uh, even though it was a poor shooting night for the Longhorns, to say the least, uh, from the outside, um, they were down three points with four forty-eight to go, and uh, Texas really. Uh, locked it in, as we said. They didn't miss a shot. I mean, that's impressive. They went, They didn't miss a bucket or a free throw the rest of the way and closed out Penn State 71-66. Uh, really awesome performance by Dylan DeSue. Uh, and if you go to those those shots from 448 on, let's go to the play-by-play. It was Dylan DeSue with a jumper. Dylan DeSue with a layup. <laughs> Dylan DeSue with a jump hook. I mean, it was just all of Dylan DeSue. Then they made free throws. Marcus Carr had a layup in there. And the defense, I thought, locked it up as well. Played pretty darn well down the stretch. So that's how these tournament games go, Buck. The last five minutes are going to determine the outcome most of the time. There aren't going to be a lot of blowouts. You're going to have to execute in uh, 
you know, go to your strengths in the biggest of moments. And I thought Rodney Terry and uh, the Longhorns did just that. But it shows you a lot when the when the ball is loose on the ground in a, in a team full of seniors. You know, I mean, they know how to get the ball. They know how to position their bodies even for loose balls. I thought they did such a great job. Those 50-50s ended up being like 80-20s for, for the Longhorns over the last couple games, not just this game. Yeah. Those loose balls mean an awful lot, and they got their hands on hands all over the place, and they're, they're getting those balls. They're getting those, those are big possessions that they get. They are. And the rebounds are, are a huge possession. I thought Timmy Allen did a good job with his, you know, with his body uh, and positioned himself to get a lot of rebounds in that game. So did Dylan DeSue. And Christian Bishop when he came into the game. Yeah, Timmy had uh, 12 rebounds on the night uh, from get, his guard position. I get worried when Christian comes in because of DeSue having so much offense going on that I think when Christian gets it, he starts thinking, I need to get a little bit of offense going in here deep too. Yeah. Ty, I'm like, D- you don't have to. You really don't have to. Everything's good. Everybody's good right now. Know well, your role. Huh? Know your role. No, yeah, right now it's like know your role. Well, it's pretty right. clear even when Christian Bishop would come in, that would mean Dylan DeSue would leave the floor. They were going to try to attack inside, and uh, they felt like their best – especially on a night when the outside shot not falling, they have no interior defense. And that's why the Longhorns outscored Penn State 40-24 to in the paint in that game. The game was pretty even. I mean, Texas out-rebounded Penn State 37-33. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the stats were, 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 uh, were even. Those second point, those second shots they yeah, got. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the offensive boards. Um, but it was really just Dylan DeSue in the biggest moments, just making shot after shot. And not going away from it, not even messing around. If they're not going to double, because you can tell that uh, their their plan was to not double off of their shooters and not let Texas get open looks from the outside. So they took advantage of Dylan DeSue, and he was uh, he was tremendous, just really, really tremendous uh, for the Longhorns in that game. Uh, so they're on to the Sweet 16. We'll talk more about it, talk about your brackets. I will say, Buck, I'm in uh, 24th place of our bracket challenge, but I'm only four points out of first place. I'm having a pretty good run here. I've got uh, – Same. Yeah, that's where you are? Exactly. You and I are the same? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're not first, you're last. I'm only four, 48 is the leader. I'm at 44 points. I do have – the bracket I'm screwed screwed the most in is the East because I had Duke and Marquette uh, meeting uh, in the Sweet 16 here. Uh, no, I had Duke and Marquette in the, in, the, in the Elite Eight, so I don't have either of those, and that's the one Final Four. But I have the rest of my Final Four. I have Alabama, I have Houston and Gonzaga. And all three of those teams can still make it. Now, that means I have Houston beating Texas in the Elite Eight coming up on Sunday. Ooh. I wouldn't root for that, but that would be a hell of a game. I still think that, that would be big picture. I mean, that you can start to, you know, the the we're down to 16 from 64 where we began back on Thursday. Uh, Bama looks the real deal. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Their length is tremendous. Um, their athleticism just jumps off the screen. And now they're in an advantage position where um, they're going to get uh, who do they get in the Sweet 16 here? They're going to get Creighton uh, in an interesting matchup here. Um, Creighton Blue Jays. Uh, they get San Diego State. Oh, they get San Diego State first, then Creighton possibly Creighton. Person. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. looking into the Elite Eight round. Uh, San Diego State, man, they're a team too. And I know you like them, Ty, going into the, your bracket. You had them You had them in the Final Four, did you not? No, I switched it with okay. Alabama. Okay, but. well, that's good. Because San Diego State has a bunch of veteran guys. I mean, they're all 22, 23-year-old dudes. And uh, they, they brought in a couple transfers. They're a lot like Texas. And they play some defense. And they play D. I don't know, it's just, you know, you can't coach experience. You can't coach been there, done that. And uh, that's what you see from Texas in a lot of ways with all these older guys that when the pressure mounts, they just all calm down. And yeah, I mean, just, I see that in the upsets, all the older players that are with these other teams. Yeah. Well, you just you've been there. Uh, yeah. As we said, going into this tournament, Texas has three guards who were point guards on teams that 
made a run last year on different teams. So, and then you add Dylan DeSue to the mix, and he becomes where the confidence that young guy's playing with is really it jumps off the page because you didn't see it um, for most of the year. He was he was there. He was working hard. But you just didn't see that offensive game. Well, I thought he was thought of more as a defender and a rebounder. Yeah, just a work guy, glue. Um, you know, they're big body, and uh, he and Christian Bishop kind of tag team that post position. Well, now he's become an absolute offensive threat, and this isn't just one game. I mean, he's been he was the most outstanding player at the Big Twelve tournament. He had a twenty four point game in Waco. Yeah, he's on his second half roll. Yeah, he's found his offensive rhythm. He's found where he, his spots on the floor where he likes to shoot, and his teammates now know, hey. If we get to Dylan in this spot, he's going to make that shot. Uh, let's keep getting it to him. And, and, you know, when you're on tape and teams or coaches are watching you saying, man, we cannot let these guards get loose. We've got to, they got three really good guards. We've got to be able to handle them. Well, they're going to leave Dylan to sue in single matchup situations, and he's shown the ability to win those. And that's good when you have those older guards because their entry passes into him have been fantastic. Yeah. And then you add Timmy Allen to the mix, who's at 6'6", almost like another guard uh, with his ability to handle mm-hmm. and deliver uh, passes. And he had, what, what five or six assists in the win on yeah, they're Thursday not, night? Some of the young guys aren't playing as often as they have been, which is they've got their guys right now. Kind of shrink it down, yeah. shrink it down, and uh, go with the, the guys that Absolutely. have been there uh, many, many times. So a lot of fun in basketball. We'll take your thoughts on your brackets, your big upsets, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And just have to say Purdue. Can I just say Matt Painter? You can't. You can't lose to Fairleigh Dickinson, Purdue. You got a dude seven four. You got a dude seven four. They played. I don't know that I've seen a team play a worse game than Matt Painter's team did against. Since Fairleigh. the last time they lost to somebody, they've can been he, losing for years. Can Edie still be National Player of the Year? Well, now it's a regular season award tie. I know, know but oh, brackets doesn't on. matter. It's a, so the votes are already in. Well, I mean, you got to get the ball, the guy, the guy, the ball. But boy, Fairleigh Dickinson plays in this little gym, Cracker Jack gym in New Jersey. You can't be the one seed out of the East, the rugged, tugged. I mean, you won the Big Ten by three games. Oh, and yeah. The Big Ten, you were the best team by a lot. You won the Big Ten tournament. I mean, there was – I mean, you can't lose that game. Well, you expect a guy 7-4 to be a little bit slower, but the rest of the team looks slow also. It's and, also showed itself that the Big 12 – or Big Ten wasn't really as good as people might have thought going into the tournament. Fair enough. And maybe the Big 12. Uh, but, you know, in the end, you know, they're, 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 they're all shapes and sizes here in this Sweet 16 now. Uh, teams that have made it and teams that are out. Big 12 only got two of the seven through to the second weekend in K-State and Texas. And by the way, how about Marquise Noel yesterday putting on? Oh, boy. We know he grew up playing in, in the streets of New York City, Rucker Park and those kind of places. He brought that to the uh, big dance yesterday against Kentucky. He was unbelievable. Behind-the-back passes and uh, pull-up threes and uh, Marquise Noel. The nation got to see what the Big 12 knew all year. About the point guard at Kansas State, he was he was really really. Yeah, he looked good. like he got his second win. He did, and uh, boy, they hit a couple of big threes late in that game that that were the difference, and they took out Big Blue and Kentucky in a big win. But only two Big Twelve teams are in. And one other note, uh, Ty, you may, we mentioned off the top, Ty had a our man Ty, who's a professional gambler, pro pro. He took Fairleigh Dickinson on the money line, which means it was Fairleigh Dickinson to win, no points, just the win, and you cashed in a, a nice ticket there. I have to assume. Yeah, it was a it was a twenty dollar bet, but it was plus twenty one hundred. So you can run the numbers on there. But wow. you were, you were telling me that there is a fellow that works here at our radio station, Justin the Smash Justin, Simmons. Justin Simmons, who he's a St. Ed's kid, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he I went to St. Ed's. My man Rodney Terry went to St. Ed's. All the St. Ed's guys. But so Justin Simmons, he's on the 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 show with Wags. Is that right? Yeah, the Wagner Wire. And so he did an eight leg parlay buck on all the games yesterday. Eight legs. He had hit seven in a row. All he needed was Gonzaga last night, 
and you're telling me that TCU backdoor covered it legendarily, Tom? Oh. That was a generational backdoor cover. Yeah, it was. That was that was a March Madness. Cover. I didn't even have any skin skin in the race, and and I was in my bed, and I was just thinking about it. I couldn't fall asleep last night. I was, Crushed. Yes. Well, again, if you don't gamble, Gonzaga was favored by four and a half, and they were up by five or six. Six. And the game was over. Decided TCU's not going to win the game, but they heave up a shot at the buzzer. Point seven seconds. Well, the guy lets the ball roll up almost to half court. Picks His it up roller, and fires it from half. Takes like two steps and fires and swish. swish. And so that made it 84-81. So on the scoreboard, it doesn't matter. The Zags still advance, and TCU's season is over. But my man Justin Simmons and the eight-leg parlay down. It would have won. Would have yeah. cashed in. And eight-legger. I felt bad for him. That is that's brutal. That's almost like Purdue. It's called gambling. It's almost like Purdue, uh, losing to Fairleigh Dickinson. But by the way, let me say FDU gave FAU all they could handle yesterday in that game. Uh, Florida Atlantic is into the Sweet 16. They beat Florida FDU. Atlantic's pretty good, too. 78-70. They got that victory yesterday. I thought Creighton, man. Creighton's win over Baylor. They were really impressive. I saw Creighton live at the Moody Center when Texas beat them way back at, to start the season. And uh, they've come together for Greg McDermott. That's a, that's a team is, that's going to be tough. Baylor just doesn't play any defense. I mean, they just do not get stops. And the point guard for Creighton, Nemhart, just shredded them yesterday, scoring and just living in the paint and getting and uh, setting up uh, his teammates. He had 30 points and a couple of assists. He was outstanding in that game. You know, game. I haven't seen the Cougs play a great game yet so far in this tournament, but, boy, they are good enough when it comes to the boards and just – well, Absolutely getting after it with well, Calvin Sampson. They're unbelievable. I'll say this for the Cougs. Um, their their performance on Saturday when they were down, and it was little, I mean, Auburn was up 10 at the half. Auburn was up 41-31, and you're thinking, oh, geez. Um, you know, this Marcus Sasser injury was not 100%. He was out there, but he said he was in pain. Uh, that was that was a metal check for Houston. Certainly was. And they they what they did is what they do. They turned on the defense. They held Auburn. After allowing Auburn to score 41 in the first half. And, they make it and, look, and Auburn made it look easy. Yeah. Well, Calvin Sampson made some adjustments, and they held Auburn to 23 in the second half after a 41-point first, and they outscored them 50-23 to and won that game going away. I thought that was really impressive for Houston. You're right, they haven't played a 40-minute game, uh, but that's why they're the number one seed and why Texas is going to have a hard time if they get to them because they are really athletic. They're really big. You know, they're really – if Marcus Sasser, with another week before they have to play again on Friday – can get even more healthy with that growing injury. They are they are every bit a one seed, and they are through. And I thought that second half gut check was pretty impressive. Well, for it surprised me that Sasser still the way he plays, even with that you know with that hammer. I mean, you're talking about a guy who goes out and plays some pretty good defense too. That's that surprised yeah, me. I thought, he would, I thought he would lay off a little bit, but he's not. You don't play you don't play for Kelvin Sampson if you're not going to play defense yeah. and be a physical player. Speaking of physical, how about the how about Duke and Tennessee? Tennessee man. They just beat the daylights out of uh, <laughs> Duke. Duke. I mean, it felt like it was close for a while. Well, not, like not, the last not like, ten minutes. I'm not talking about like like on the scoreboard. I'm talking about with elbows. I mean, it's almost like Duke needed a cut man in the corner. I mean, they were being Rick Barnes' game plan was be physical with Duke, and they were. The refs allowed it, and um, I thought that was that was. Pretty impressive. So Rick Barnes' team into the Sweet 16 as well. Rodney Terry's team into the Sweet 16 with the Longhorns and Shaka Smart's Marquette team out. Beaten yesterday by Tournament Tom Izzo and Michigan State. So having a look at your brackets, we'll get to this big trade in the NFL coming up. Texans have sent Brandon Cooks to the Cowboys. What does it mean? We'll get some thoughts on that coming up. And the NFL stories of the weekend. Team USA in baseball with a chance to be the world champions once again. Lots to do. It's B&E on a busy Monday. 
It's Bucky and Aaron. What a Monday. Good, bad, and ugly from the weekend that was. Good for Team USA. They're going to play for the championship of the World Baseball Classic. Bad for the Astros. Jose Altuve took a pitch off of his thumb, and he's got a fractured thumb. He's out probably a month, maybe longer, for the Houston Astros when the season begins. He was playing for Team Venezuela, of course, and what a game that was Saturday night. It wasn't a contest last night. The USA hammered Cuba 14-2, to and it was never close. But uh, that Venezuela game looked like the Venezuelans were going to win that ball game. And uh, Trey Turner, big grand slam in the uh, eighth inning to flip the game, and uh, USA won that ball game. Uh, also, Buck, the uh, the tournament. How about Tom Izzo? Now 16 games in the NCAA tournament is the lower-seeded team that he's won. That passes Jim Beheim for the most since seeding began in 1979. He is a great underdog in the tournament. Took Another the other shock of Marquette. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. January, February, Izzo. Yeah, he's. That's what that's what matters. I mean, March matters. March matters. You define a great season by this time of year, and yep. you forget what happened in January. You really do. If you may, if you qualify for the tournament and then make a run, you know that's what Tom Rizzo has done over and over again uh, in his Hall of Fame career. On the women's side, if you got a bracket, Stanford, they the one seed. They went down last night. They got beat. See you later. Um, taken down. I think Alabama beat them. Uh, in the, uh, the 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 eighth seed, so uh, that was a big upset on the women's side. What do we make of Brandon Cooks of the Dallas Cowboys, Buck? Brandon I like Cooks. it. I like it for my that's that's the vertical guy that I'm I was looking for that the Cowboys to get. I mean, he's what is he twenty nine? Twenty nine. He now yeah. he ties Eric Dickerson, not in rushing yards, but he, he and Eric Dickerson now most for most, teams most times ever traded been with? most times traded I guess. in the NFL four times. Brandon Cooks been traded four times now. He was a first-round pick of the Saints. They sent him to the Patriots. Patriots, tra- I mean, he's been traded now four times. He's only 29. And, uh, yeah, I like it for the Cowboys. It's not DeAndre Hopkins. It's not Odell Beckham Jr., but it's a trade the Cowboys nearly made before the trade deadline last year. Uh, right before the trade deadline, the two teams were to the wire. It was really more about salary than anything else. This really helps C.D. Lamb out a lot, I believe, with a guy who can go vertical like this guy. He's still a good player. Oh, yeah. He's not a great player, but he's a good player. And, uh, boy, if the Cowboys— He makes the catches. He's okay. No, nah, he's a quality receiver. And, and he's does have, he does bring a speed element. He's uh, He knows how to find the open spots in zones. And uh, he's four times a 1,000-yard receiver. But in this team, boy, if you want to be really optimistic if you're a Cowboys fan, what if Michael Gallup emerges and gets yes. really healthy? Well, now you got he could actually be your third guy. Uh, and let C.D. Lamb work in the slot a little bit. I mean, that's optimistic, but I like it. It's— uh, with Stephon Gilmore and this move, that puts the Cowboys in a position in the draft to they've kind of filled a lot of their needs through you know free agency and trades, and they can take best player available, which you know, could be B. John Robinson. You know, could be a tight end. I don't know. Could be an offensive lineman, another offensive lineman. Absolutely. Uh, best player that's still on the board at 26 is what you're kind of looking at uh, because they've filled some needs here through the free agent period, re-signing their own guys and making these two trades. Ty, what do you say about Brandon Cooks? You excited? Yeah, for the value and the salary we got him at uh, with the draft compensation, I like it. Um, another guy, I'd take him over Odell, uh, maybe not DeAndre Hopkins, but I, I, I like the move for sure. All right. Cowboys fans, weigh in. DeAndre Hopkins not coming, and he's due to make like $30 million this year. That wasn't going to work. Cowboys are picking up $12 million of Brandon Cook's salary. Texans will pay six of it. Yeah, and Texas still got to pay some of it too. About six. And that was the number they couldn't work out at the trade deadline. Apparently the Texans wanted the Cowboys to pick up all of it. Now there are those who will say, well, if you had just 
kept Amari Cooper, you wouldn't be trading for Brandon Cooks right now because the salaries kind of wash out. But either way, that's uh, been an admitted mistake by the Cowboys that Amari Cooper, they shouldn't have traded him. But uh, here they are. Brandon Cooks is in, uh, in Houston, along with Stephon Gilmore. Your thoughts on a good, bad, and ugly Monday. Glad you're with us as we crank this thing up. Uh, three more hours to go. A lot of Texas basketball talk, bracket talk, the weekend that was, and the week to come. It's being the Unhorned.